Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com, or you can contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There, you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Avinu, we thank you for your goodness and your gentleness this morning. We pray that your word would go forth to encourage your people, your community. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. I have three questions for you today. Number one, where is your brother? Number two, where is the Lord? And number three, where are you? Let's begin with number one, where is your brother? I was very surprised to learn this week that many ancient biblical figures actually had Twitter accounts. Did you know this? The author of Kohelet, also known as Ecclesiastes, tweeted this uh, recently, I think it was last month. At the teacher preacher, he said, striving after the wind is hevel, literally vapor. Tried to catch the fog once, missed. Hashtag YOLO. You know, you only live once, like the Ecclesiastes, yeah, anyway, you read the book. At no cane, no gain, says this, disappointed and angry that my offering wasn't accepted, God said to overcome my devouring sin nature, guess I wasn't able. It's not my joke, it's this guy. (laughs) The most repeated word from Ecclesiastes is the word chevel. Can we try try to say that? Chevel, you got to get a ch in there, chevel. There you go. Uh, put your mask on when you say it, because if you're, you're saying chevel, you know, you're going to get spittle on the person next to you, so we don't want to do that. Sometimes it's translated vanity, right? Have you ever read that? Uh, and it says, Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanities. Life is vanity. Well, all I can say to that is, this is what I think of when I see vanity. This is our new vanity in our bathroom. Yeah, we got a new vanity. Exciting. So, I don't think that's the best translation of this word. What do you think? Where was I? Okay, so, uh, yes, the word hevel is better translated as, as the teacher-preacher said, as vapor or mist or mere breath, okay? Everyone take a deep breath in. Now breathe out. Now try to grasp the breath that you just breathed out. Feels a little foolish, right? (laughs) All of our accomplishments, our possessions, the pursuit of wealth, success, influence, it's like trying to grasp at vapor, isn't it? As the head nun exclaimed when pondering how to solve a problem like Maria, quote, how can you catch a cloud and pin it down? You know the song? How can you catch a cloud and pin it down? No? Sound of music? Anybody? Okay. Our striving after the material things of this world, 
according to Kohelet, is Hevel. What does that mean? Mere breath, vapor. That's right. This life and the things of this world are fleeting. Now, the two tweets I read in the beginning are actually related in the Hebrew. This is because Abel's name in Hebrew is, guess what? Hevel. The same word for vapor in Ecclesiastes. So what is the connection? What's going on here? Let's take a look at Genesis and the brief story of Cain and Hevel. Now the man, that is Adam, had relations with Eve, his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain or Cain. She said, I produced a man with Adonai, or it could be I acquired, because the, the name Cain is related to the word acquired in Hebrew. Then she gave birth again to his brother Abel, also known as Hevel. Abel became a shepherd of flocks, while Cain became a worker of the ground. So it happened after some time that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to Adonai, while Hevel, he also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. Now Adonai looked favorably upon Hevel and his offering, but upon Cain and his offering he did not look favorably. Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. Then Adonai said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, it will lift. But if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the doorway. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. While they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then Adonai said to Cain, where is Abel, where is Hevel, your brother? Abel, or Hevel, is gone, like the vapor. His life is fleeting, like the mist. Hevel is also the first shepherd, like Jacob, and Joseph, and Moses, and David, and yes, like the good shepherd, Yeshua the Messiah. The prototype of the wandering shepherd offering up an offering, the firstborn of his flock is here. But he ends up offering his own life, doesn't he? His life on earth is cut short by the rage and jealousy of his brother. Hevel is a prototype of the Messiah who offered his own life, whose life was cut short because of our sins, the wayward brothers and sisters of Yeshua the Messiah. We were supposed to enjoy God in the garden forever. Hevel's short life feels like vapor. Keith Green was a musician and deeply committed follower of Yeshua. Coincidentally, his mom was Jewish and he came to faith in Yeshua when many pioneers of Messianic Judaism also came to faith in the early 70s. Keith lived his whole life as an offering of prayer. He was a, a, a musician and worship leader. Folks would get healed at his worship concerts just by showing up, just by being there. But his life, like the life of Abel, was cut short. He passed away in a plane crash at the age of 29. In his early years, before he clung to Yeshua when he was a teenager, he was just an aspiring musician. Time after time, it seemed he, he almost had his big break, but it never came. 
Here's a quote from, uh, of all things, Wikipedia about those early years of Keith Green's life. I think this is very interesting. Quote, Decca Records planned to make Green a teen idol, regularly getting him featured in fan magazines such as Teen Scene and on television shows such as the Jack Benny program and the Steve Allen show, whatever that is. Gotcha. He was a guest on the television game show I've Got a Secret on May 3rd, 1965. His secret was, I just signed a five-year contract as a rock and roll singer. The segment included a live performance of We'll Do a Lot of Things together. Green had written 10 more songs by that time that he was 12. Time Magazine ran an article about aspiring young rock and roll singers and referred to him as Decca Records' prepubescent dreamboat. The national attention that had been envisioned by Decca Records failed to materialize for Green, however, as Donny Osmond captured the attention of preteens and teenagers, eclipsing Green's newfound stardom, and he was quickly forgotten by the public." Unquote. In other words, as a youth, what was he doing? He was grasping at fame and success, but it eluded him like the vapor. And then after basically giving up hope to make it as a musician in the secular world, the Lord met him. The Lord worked in and through him in miraculous ways as a young man. The scripture gives us two options with Cain and Abel. Cain means acquired. Cain was trying to get something, to use his brother. Cain was about acquiring, getting, taking. Remember, Eve took the fruit. She grabbed it. Bitterness, reactivity, selfishness, and anger. Abel or Hevel is a different way. It's the giving of self. It's the acknowledgement that much of life in this material world is mere vapor, mere breath. It's, it's all Hevel. And we are, in fact, our brother's keeper. So God confronts Cain, and he says our first question. What does he say? Where is your brother? Does this mean that God has lost track of Hevel? Surely not, right? We know he knows. So what's, what's going on? It means he wants Cain and he wants us to consider our brother, to think about where they are. What is the story of the person sitting nearby? Where are they? Where is your spouse? Where is your mother, your father? Where is your son, your daughter? Where is your fellow human, your neighbor? Where is the stranger among you? Where is the immigrant, the orphan, the widow, the downtrodden, the hurt, the broken? These are days of great trials and troubles. Maybe your brother needs a friend. Maybe your sister needs an encouraging word, a listening ear, an affirmation of their value, innate value, that they are made in the image of God. And this brings us to the second question, where is the Lord? Which is found in this week's Haftarah of Rebuke. As I mentioned last week, there are three Haftarot 
of rebuke leading up to the day of mourning, Tishba'av, followed by seven haftarot of comfort, bringing us up to the high holidays in the fall. Here is this week's, the second of three, from Jeremiah 2. This is what it says. Hear the word of Adonai, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says Adonai, What fault did your fathers find in me, that they strayed so far from me? They walked after worthless things. In Hebrew, chebel, becoming worthless themselves. And here there's a, there's a verb form of chevel. So they're, they're cheveling, they're vaporizing because they went after vapor, in, in other words. They did not ask, where is Adonai, who brought us up from the land of Egypt and led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and rifts, through a land of drought and distress, through a land where no one travels, where no one lives. In verse 5, the first verse, notice that Israel is going after mere breath the chevel, and then becoming mere breath. In other words, we are conformed to whatever image we worship. Worship the Lord, be conformed to His image. Worship material things of this world that will vanish like the mist, become like the mist. Earlier we read, um, and also another part of this portion that Logan read, is uh, they were saying to a log and to a stone, you are my father, right? If you worship that, that's what you become. No one wants to become a, a stone or a log. We want to be conformed to the image of our Father in heaven. Amen? But this is what happens. In verse 6, we notice we are supposed to ask a question. God is expecting us to ask, where is the Lord? Turn to someone nearby and say, where is the Lord? Turn to someone else and say, where is Adonai? In other words, in times of trial, in times of exile, which Jeremiah was familiar with, in times of difficulty, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to ask, where is God? We're supposed to seek the Lord. We're to remember what He has done for us, how He's brought us through the wilderness, the dry, empty places. Remember those things. Didn't He bring us through the desert? Congregation, hasn't he been faithful to us? Yes, yes, he has. The story goes that a couple had two little mischievous boys, ages 8 and 10. They were always getting into trouble, and their parents knew that if any mischief occurred in their town, their sons would get the blame. The boy's mother heard that, that a rabbi in town had success in disciplining uh, children, so she asked if he would speak with her boys. The rabbi agreed and asked to see them individually. So the mother sent her eight-year-old first in the morning with the older boy to see the rabbi in the afternoon. The rabbi, an imposing man with a booming voice, sat the younger boy down and asked him sternly, Where is God? The boy's mouth dropped open, but he made no response, sitting there with his mouth hanging open. The rabbi repeated the question, where is God? Again, the boy made no attempt to answer. So the rabbi raised his voice some more and shook his finger in the boy's face and bellowed, Where is God? The boy screamed and bolted from the room. He ran directly home and dove into his closet, slamming the door behind him. 
When his older brother found him in the closet, he asked, what happened? The younger brother, gasping for breath, replied, we are in big trouble this time. God is missing, and they think we did it. So I have asked the question, where is your brother? And we have asked the question, where is the Lord? And this brings us to the final question, where are you? Once when I was in Israel, I was trying to meet up with a friend. I kept waiting for the correct number bus, and it didn't come. So I figured, I'll just get on a bus that's going the correct direction, and uh, I'll at least kind of get to where I need to go. I, I, was, I was a lot younger, so. <laughs> um, so I ended up getting off as soon as I felt the bus was no longer going the right way that the original bus I wanted. And I found myself at a shopping mall, and I had no idea where I was. So I went inside, and I went up to a man who worked there at a store, and I said, in Hebrew, Efoani, which means, where am I? <laughs> now, I probably didn't think this through, but I imagine if it would be strange for someone to walk up to me here in America and just blurt out, where am I? But, you know... Like I said, I was younger. So, uh, anyways, the guy responds in Hebrew with something like, which roughly means, you don't know where you are? I don't know either. <laughs> this is a true story. The first question that God asks in the Bible is, is after Adam and Chava eat the fruit out of rebellion, bringing sin and death into the good world that he created. Adam and Chava hid from God for the first time. Why? Because they were ashamed. And God called to the man and asked him, where are you? Again, this is not because God has lost Adam, right? He knows where he is. Rather, he's prompting Adam to think about where he is, to think about why he's hiding to think about where he is now that he's made this choice to eat the fruit. In preparing for Tish B'Av, let's think soberly about where we are. Where are we spiritually? Where are we in our relationship with God, in our relationship with others? <clears throat> it's painful to look at our mistakes and failures, but God is asking, he's calling out to us so that we can draw near to him. Where is your brother? Your brother is beside you, and we should look to him and remember him. Where is the Lord? The Lord surrounds you, and we should seek him in these difficult days. And where are you? You are in his hands, and we should admit our shortcomings and find rest in his forgiveness. Let's pray. Abba, Father, we thank you that your goodness reigns over us, Lord. And remind us this week to ask these questions, to think where is our brother, to think of our sister, to think of our brother, to, to remember those around us that might be hurting in these difficult times, and to reach out with your love. And to ask, where are you? To seek you, Lord. 
to, to remember that you brought us through the desert, to remember that you were faithful. And finally, as we approach Tishba'av, to ask where we are, to examine ourselves, or rather to allow your Holy Spirit to examine us, that we can draw near to you and admit our faults. Your word says that if we do sin, um, that we have forgiveness, that there is a cleansing that comes uh, when we confess our sins. You are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us to draw near and repent and uh, to, to, to see your goodness in, in this week, O oh God, and on this Shabbat. And in Yeshua's name we pray.